All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, on this episode of the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the process has finally ended. Jimmy Butler is in Philadelphia. Thank you, Jesus. This is over. But what does that mean with Markel Fultz? He's pump faking at the free throw line, Drew. I don't even know if that's legal. The Rockets are being very melodramatic. Should Carmelo Anthony retire? Drew is extremely pumped on his back-to-back with Sacramento and Atlanta. But the best team in Los Angeles is the Los Angeles Clippers. Thank you very much. This is the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, just just kick the kick the intro music, bro. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. We are on episode 52. 51 was a banger, Drew. <laughs> that was a banger. We got a lot of love on episode 51, the Bobby Wong Kenobi episode. Indeed. Uh, my boy, Adriano. Fellow Clipper Nation, Section 114. Uh-huh. Shout out to Section 114. He sent me a great uh, little DM yesterday, actually today, letting us know that uh, he sent me a picture of him and Bobby Bobon together. Nice. And he had said that he mentioned the podcast to him and how we dedicated an episode to him. And Bobby was very uh, humble about it. He was very thankful. That's good. So I'm pretty sure Bobby listened to the episode. <laughs> shout but this, to him. Shout out to you, Bobon. Still my favorite player. Uh, episode 52, Drew. I mean, give me the 52s. I know my 52, but uh, you, you, what do you got for me? Who you got? Yeah, there was a lot of players that have worn 52 over the years throughout their careers. Mo, Mo Williams wore it for a year. Like People like that have kind of worn it like one year, two years max. The list of people that have worn it for their entire career is pretty small. Uh, so Brad Miller, Ooh. number fifty-two. Always hated Brad Miller. You probably fucking definitely hated Brad Miller. I love I love Brad Miller just because his last name and he's a white boy shooter. He was an all-star at one stage, and yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like him when he was on the Kings because I didn't like the Kings, but I always liked him, and I always I always remember him as being like four inches away. From being decapitated by Shaq he when he was on when he was Shaq. on the Bulls, Shaq did the full like overhead Haymaker. overhead swing at Brad, and it just grazed Brad's <laughs> ear. But four inches to the right, Brad Brad Miller may not be the same man that he is now. So, Shaq yeah. just used to dominate his ass. Oh, every time Shaq guy. loved barbecue chicken. I feel like barbecue chicken started with every time he saw Brad Miller. Um, but uh, so yeah, you got Brad Miller, mm-hmm. Samaki Walker, Samaki former. Uh, that was lottery pick. Yep. That was one of the greatest drafts of all time. That was the Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, Kobe, Lorenzen Wright, John Wallace was in that draft. Yep. Uh, who else? Uh, Jermaine O'Neal was in that draft. That was the '96 draft. Steve Nash Steve was Nash. in that draft. Steve Nash is that said that. And Samaki came. <laughs> Samaki came with the fucking top hat too, like a boss to the draft. To the draft. Nice. If I'm not mistaken, it was the all white getup oh, with the sure. top hat, like a pimp. I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, 52 for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Wilkes. Silk. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's a good one. That's Drew. a good one. That's a good one. Wore that for the Lakers and and pretty much everywhere he went. 52. Nice. Matt Geiger. 
Matt Geiger, bald Matt Geiger, Miami Matt this Geiger. This is like Shaq's barbecue chicken list right here. Anyone with 52 <laughs> did not want to see Shaquille. Not O'Neal. Miami, excuse me, Philadelphia. Yeah, Phil- Philadelphia. Uh, anyone? <laughs> I was thinking of Todd McCullough. Excuse yeah, that's me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Also Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And then Buck Williams. Buck was a nasty motherfucker. He, he wore the head Portland. Of, he, he played like 16 seasons, and he wore it for each one of those seasons. I he, think so. He, he played a long time in the NBA. Hey, Buck was a tough motherfucker. And then uh, your your boy. Oh, it is. I know it's gonna be the Polish rifle. The Polish rifle, Eric Pajkowski. Eric Pajkowski. Is, is that who it's gonna be, Drew? Yeah. You know what? So I, yes. you know. I, I have, I think, you know, Jamal Wilkes probably is the Good. best player on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brad Miller was an all star, but I always loved Eric Pajkowski. He was one of those guys that was a, a true inspiration for me when I looked out on the floor and I saw him running around. I said, you know what? Maybe I can play in the NBA. <laughs> it <laughs> is a Via. He was sponsored by a Via, bro. Yeah, I don't even, it, that company's no longer in business. No. Uh, but yeah, dude, no problem. I love Eric Pajkowski. The Polish rifle. It, can we do story time, Drew? Please. Story time. With clips. <laughs> so Eric Pajkowski, the only white boy on on the worst team, Clipper history. I mean, he was with us for a long time. He was, yeah, long time. All I, I'm, I'm pretty sure still he's our all time leading three point uh, field goal shooter. JJ, that, no, I, oh, I think maybe JJ might have JJ might have passed him up. I, maybe field goal percentage. It could have. I definitely think percentage wise, okay. he was one of the top. He had a year there where he shot like almost fifty percent. Well, yeah, and he did that in college too. Right, right. I think he shot that Miami in college. of Ohio, Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. He's a corn husk. Different Pike was the nicest, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed dude. Yeah, right. Playing yep. on a team full of fucking misfits. Like he totally felt. Out of out of touch. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because in that article that we we talked about with the Darius Miles uh-huh. uh, from the Players Tribune, they were talking about how Donald Sterling was so fucking cheap that they they were uh, having practice in South Central at like a fucking high school, <laughs> and pa- and Pajkowski felt so out of place. Well, yeah, it's a lot different than Nebraska. It, it definitely is one of the nicest dudes ever to play. One of my favorite stories is I used to ditch school and go to Clipper practice. They used to wash their cars, make some money. Pike was always great to me. Um, he used to help me with my math homework. I used to do my homework there. Nice. Um, he was a great dude. Uh, really good player. F- another funny story really fast. I remember, I think it was opening night one night. And um, we, we were horrible. Absolutely horrible. And it was tip off. And the tip went right to Pike, right? And Pike took it to the rack. Threw it up to himself, you know that one that oh, you no. like threw it up to himself no, under the arm and reverse dunked. And what? I was sitting right under it, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" This, pa- yeah, he was young then. I'm assuming Pike was pretty young. Pike got it. up, dude. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember being like, "Did he just do that?" Good for him. Um, we're gonna find Pyatkowski, and I'm really looking forward to making our artwork of Pyatkowski because that's gonna be fun. Yeah, he was a great player. All right, so episode 52 is going to my boy Pike, the Polish rifle. We're going to have to take a break on the Clippers moving forward, though. I, the, the next 53 cannot be a Clipper. No, but 54, Rodney Rogers is up there. Just oh, letting you know. Oh, my God. So, anyways, episode 52, Eric Pajkowski, shout out to you. Lots going on in the NBA this week, guys. But the thing that we've been talking about, what seems, to li- seems like it's been a year we've been talking about this, is Jimmy Butler has finally landed at a destination, and it turns out to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's talk about this, Drew. What are your thoughts? What the fuck do you think? Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, is a 76er now. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's about time. I, I, feel, I feel really, really happy to be at the, at the, at the resolution of this. Uh, ongoing ridiculousness in Minnesota. I think this is a great move for Philadelphia. You know, we over the over the past couple months, we we've speculated like what Philadelphia is going to add to their roster, and uh, I think you know they went after LeBron, sort of. They went after Kawhi. It seems like they offered some picks for Kawhi, it's like this similar kind of a trade package that they that they gave to Minnesota. I think they they offered that to San Antonio, and for whatever reason, San Antonio turned that down because. I think they made a good choice in, in going with DeMar. And then it was just like this offseason, they didn't really bring anybody major in. You know, uh, they, they let go of Bellinelli and Ilyasova and they brought in Wilson Chandler and who I like. I think that's, I, I like Wilson. <clears throat> totally. Um, and they brought in Mike Muscala, both, both serviceable replacements for those guys. But we've been waiting for some kind of move because they've been good so far this year, but 
they weren't they didn't improve like we all expected them to. Embiid has certainly stamped his mark on this season already. Uh, this young season, he's playing out of his mind. Simmons is doing the same thing, and and as far as scoring goes, he he didn't really up his game like everyone hoped for coming into this off season. But this is, I think, what's going to make the Philadelphia 76ers probably the number two seed in in the Eastern Conference right now. Adding Jimmy Butler completely solves the issue about who can be another out-and-out scorer for that franchise. Because right now, it's essentially Embiid can go one-on-one and get a bucket pretty much anytime he wants. Simmons is good at slashing, but we know he's not going to necessarily go for 30. So JJ, outside, JJ? outside of Embiid, mm-hmm. it's JJ coming off screens that's, that's really getting their scoring done. But now having Jimmy Butler there... You know you can roll him the ball, and you, if you know shot clock's running down, throw it to him. He can go get a shot, and and most likely he'll make a shot or at least get a good shot up. Uh, it also really helps them defensively because Robert Covington was a hell of a defender. Yes, but Jimmy Butler is probably a better defender than Robert Covington. He's a top tier defensive player. Uh, he immediately he immediately becomes their best on ball defender. And is someone that you can go and say, all right, Jimmy, you're going to guard this guy. And, and we won't have to worry about who's going to guard this guy. Like whether it's, you know, Kyrie Irving, I can see him guarding him or, you know, when they, when they come up against Toronto and he has to guard Kawhi, no problem there. I mean, obviously Kawhi will be a problem, but Kawhi's yes. very good, but I feel like he would take that on willingly. Mm-hmm. So from a basketball st- standpoint, this is a home run for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, and I think Minnesota Minnesota got two good players and a pick. Yeah, that's where I was going too. Okay. Uh, Minnesota ended up with a decent package. I think yeah. Dario Saric is something. It's undetermined how good he can be, but his ceiling is pretty high. Robert Covington is a solid player. He can step right into the starting lineup. He's gotten better every year too. Yeah, and, he, and he's a decent shooter. He's mm-hmm. a good slasher. He's a good defender. Uh, so Minnesota should be set pretty happy with this. They also got Jared Bayless for what it's worth, and he's... <laughs> He's yeah. He's very streaky. That kid, Arizona, you know, guy. So I I was there when when he was a freshman. I was there in the stands, watched him play. But I think we have now, in in regards to Philadelphia, the process is complete. I think it's shifted, dude. Like we, I posted something last night where I'm just talking about the East, and people took this post the wrong way. It was a picture of Kawhi, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and Kyrie, right? And then it was a picture of Katie and Steph, and and it was like a greater going to the East saying that the East is heavy. The whole point of that post wasn't saying that the East has better players. It's that people are going to be competing in the East now. Now we, we li- there's there's literally four teams in the East that can compete and win. Yeah. Golden State is above and beyond better than everybody in the West. That's the whole point of the post. Right. Um, and, and I think you could say the same for the East, too. The Golden State is head and shoulders above everyone in the league right yeah. now. And then it seems like the next best teams seem to be all on the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but seven games with Philly right now in the playoffs does not seem fun, or in the finals does not seem fun, even with even against uh, Milwaukee, and we'll talk about them later. Um, even against Toronto, I mean, Jesus, dude. But I think Philly, now they, they made a major move, a major play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's shifted a little bit. I think Philly's going to, I hope their personalities, because Embiid's very outspoken, just right. like Jimmy Butler is. Yeah. Uh, ben is kind of like the soft, the softer guy. I think Jimmy's going to go into that locker room trying to be the, the man like uh-huh. he did in Minnesota. Yeah, there's not, there's no reason for him to, to not do that. It seems like that's all, that's what he's done his whole career. I think to your point, when when he's looking at this scenario, it is quite similar to the scenario that he entered Minnesota with. These True. two young, up and coming, you know, all star hopeful guys. I think the difference be- with Embiid and Simmons versus uh, Wiggins and Towns is that Embiid and Simmons are a little bit more alpha dog than than Towns and Wiggins. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Embiid is like probably the number one shit talker in the NBA right now. And and backing it up. Like, he loves to talk shit to the guy who's trying to guard him and then go for 40, right? And I think Simmons is quieter, but he is he is a strong presence. He doesn't seem – he seems very mature and confident in himself. Uh, so I think Jimmy will immediately respect those guys more than he did initially respect Towns and Wiggins simply because they're they're actually doing – Things like Embiid is is producing is, is, is and backing up everything, and, he's and it's right where he should be right now. I think Embiid is playing his ass off right and, now, and I think Jimmy can bring their level of play up too because Jimmy's going to be that guy in practice. We all know this, yeah. 
I think he's that vet that they're like, JJ's kind of the vet guy on the squad. Now Jimmy is. Now Jimmy is. Yeah. And defensively, I think he's going to step up everybody's game. I think it was. Yeah. I think they got, I think they got a lot better here. Yeah. And I think you agree, right? 100%. Because I think if we, if we look back to last season, Robert Covington had a, had a good season last year. But if you insert Jimmy Butler into that series against uh, Boston, I'm pretty positive Philadelphia has a much better time against that Boston team Mm -hmm. if you have Jimmy Butler out there. So this is what we all have been waiting for. We were hoping that, I mean, me in particular, I was hoping that Philly would be able to sign a a player of Jimmy Butler's caliber and be able to put him into the the two or three guard spot. And, And they did it. They finally did it. I'm super pumped for them. This is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, we're gonna have a crazy Eastern Conference this year, and and I'm I'm now more intrigued by the top half of the East than Me I am too. with the top half of the West. That was the whole point of the post that we were just right. talking about. Right, I, I totally agree with you. What it does do is it moves Markel Fultz to the bench. Oh, we got to talk about Markel. Honestly, I think that the original deal to send uh, Covington and Sarich was Covington and Fultz, right? And Minnesota said, "No, thank you. Right. We want somebody better." And then they had to give get rid of Sarge. You know, I'm I'm still gonna stick with Fultz. I mean, we gotta. I I'm a big advocate of talking about how kids are young. They're 19, but or he's 20 now. How yeah, yeah, he's 20, he's yeah, number 20. one pick. Yeah. Watching highlights in college, you're like, this is not the player that I'm watching right now. Yeah. Now we're gonna we're obviously talking about, and everybody's seen it. it went viral last night. Was his free throw where he pump <laughs> pump fucking fake the free throw? Yeah. Okay? He says the ball slipped. I believe him. I actually believe him. I, that, it looks like that's what happens when it slips. That was the second shot of the free throw series, too. If you watch the first one, he had a hitch in it, uh-huh. but it wasn't. It, the ball didn't move like that. So I do think the ball slipped. His hitch is, regardless it's, of ball slipping or not, the hitch at the top of his jump shot is horrendous. It is. And it's, and it's scary. And because it looks nothing like he did in college. I don't understand. It's, uh, it's a mental thing. All Drew. mental. If, yeah, if, if Philadelphia is going to be forced to keep him, which it looks like his trade value is zero right now. Yeah, but you, he's a four year contract. They should invest in a sports psychologist that is like just his. And, and it should be someone, someone, not something that he should be assigned to, like homework or feel like he's deficient. He should want to do it. It should be something that he's comfortable doing with someone that he trusts mm-hmm. and believes that he can get better at because the good news is this, man. This is about as rock bottom as I think someone could be after going number one overall draft pick to playing like eight games his first, first year. And then now where he, they, they said, go show us that you belong on this floor. And, and they sat JJ Reddick for the first, what, 12 games of the season. And he just isn't, he's not producing at all. His, 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 I mean, his, you see flashes at times, right. Drew. You his, see his attack game mm-hmm. is nice mm-hmm. and he's athletic as fuck mm-hmm. and he's, and he's big enough. He, it looks like he belongs out there. But when it comes to the, the jump shooting aspect, there's clearly, a mental block. I don't know. Maybe he needs hypnotism. I don't know. They should try all this different shit to to get him going. Okay. So I always try, even in everyday situations, not even basketball situations. I try to put myself in other people's shoes Mm. all the time. And I tried, I I talked about this last night with, with uh, Jeff Crompton. Every, we were watching all the games last night and I'm just trying to think 19 year old kid. Number one pick, a lot of pressure. A lot of kids can't handle all that pressure. We've seen that happen with Anthony Bennett. You see it happen with, I mean, Odin went down with injuries, but like even Ola Candy, um, a lot of these guys, he had a lot of pressure going in, uh, setbacks early. And then I think now in the days of social media where you literally like think if you, you are 20, 19 years old and you're going on social media and all you're doing is seeing people make memes of you and ripping on you, you're second guessing you, you get extremely self-conscious of your shot of the way you play basketball. You feel me? Yeah. Um, and that can fuck with your head. And I think a lot of the games he missed last year, they wanted him to chill, dude. And like literally try to get your, your legs back, get your fucking feeling back. I think having a player like Jimmy Butler on your team that maybe can sun him, mm-hmm. if Jimmy can play that role with him. Hopefully. I, I hope he does because I think Markel has a lot to give, and I think he can contribute to Philly. But there was even a play last night where like Dragic literally left this dude in the dust. Mm-hmm. Like he, It looked like he didn't even know what the fuck he was doing on defense. Right. Yeah. And I think the mental lapse that we see with Markel is definitely a red flag. And I think Jimmy coming to Philly is going to take a lot of pressure off of him. It's going to be interesting to see like what, why Jimmy Butler likes certain young guys more than others. Because the gesture that he showed Tyus Jones 
who was a young guy on Minnesota, to let him fly out to go see his brother play at Duke was a really nice gesture to a young guy. And a, and a kind of, you know, Tyus Jones hasn't done much since he's been in the league. He's right. been, you know, the, the second or third point guard on Minnesota since he's been there. And so it's interesting to see that side of him and then hear all this stuff where he hates uh, or he doesn't necessarily like hanging out with with the young guys, right? So it's going to be, it seems like it can go one of two ways. If uh, Fultz can ingratiate himself with Butler and say like, yo, dude, I'm, I want to learn as much from you as I can. You know, I got mad, mad respect for your game, whatever it is to get Jimmy on his side. I think that would be huge because if Jimmy's not on his side and ends up, you know, making fun of him or completely doubting his abilities and making him second guess even further about, about what he can do on the floor, it may be a, a terrible thing for Markel Fultz. So it's going to be important to see how that, how that all goes down. I, and I don't know how that's going to work because only Jimmy Butler can determine who he likes, right? Yeah, I I agree, and I think, I mean, we're not in the locker room, dude. We just we're just hearing stories. That's what we hear. We hear stories. We try to get all the information we can. I think we got to be real suspect about a lot of the stuff we choose to believe in social media now with all the clickbait and stuff. Because when you see crazy shit like Jimmy getting a private jet for the young buck to make sure he sees his like that's a great gesture dude. unbelievable like gesture. N- like nobody uh, he j- all he did was overhear him say I can't get a flight and Jimmy makes it happen right I think I think that Jimmy going to Philly and hopefully taking him under his wing would be a really big thing and yeah it'll, it'll show a lot about Jimmy the, l- the other thing I want to mention is we know of uh, a former number one pick who has had struggles shooting and guess what he's on the same fucking team Ben Simmons 100% maybe text Ben Simmons and, and be like, hey, bro, can we play Fortnite at my house tonight? And like, I can kind of pick your brain about how you take how Ben Simmons is taking the constant criticism that he can't hit a jumper. Like, that's someone who's taking exactly like it's the same exact experience as Markel Fultz hit the beginning of his career. Yeah, but the difference is Ben Simmons is playing well and producing and playing well in other areas. That's why Blake got away with it for so long. Right. Like he did, OK, so Blake doesn't have now Blake finally has a jumper. Yeah, eight years and ten years into his fucking NBA. But career. my point is, is like there's people there that that Fultz can go to, I think, and and at least go, hey man, like can, how how did you deal with this? Like, what are you doing to try and get better? Well, supposedly um, he fired his shooting coach, which he should. Yeah, you should fight your shoot, fire your shooting coach. If, supposedly if, that if that's the result. If, yeah, if, the if that's result the result. You're coaching. pump faking free throw lines. Uh, at the free throw line, and you know, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Markel on this and say that it did slip, but. It didn't really look like a slip. Either way, is is shooting is it's going to continue to be a problem until he figures out the mental aspect of it. Because right. you can work on the mechanics all you want, but if you're still second, you can have the prettiest jumper. If Clay Thompson stops believing that he has the best jumper, he's going to start missing some shots. Right. You know what I'm saying? That the confidence goes so much further. I mean, if you just look at Lonzo, right? Same 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 kind of scenario. People still make fun of Lonzo for his shot, but he's out there saying, fuck it, I have to shoot the shot. Right. The team needs me to shoot the shot, and sometimes I hit it. Right. <laughs> so there's there's a way for, for Fultz to still make this happen, and I, I he's so young, there's no reason for me to not think that he can do it. But yeah, dude, congratulations to all the Philadelphia 76ers fans. That's a fans. huge pickup. Congratulations, man. I know, I know losing Sarich is rough and losing someone like Covington who's been through the the process. He's been with the process he, the whole he time. It, He's he, probably pissed. Yeah. But so, get I mean, your money, dude. Yeah. But on the other hand, let's, let's also like uh, Jimmy Butler didn't sign a five-year deal, bro. If this shit doesn't work out in Philly, he can go wherever the fuck he wants this summer. It's crazy because I didn't even realize this. He has a player option for next year. Yes. I didn't realize that. And I think that actually might be a smart play for him. If, if this season turns out pretty good or even semi-good, and he can activate that option and like kind of distance himself from the crazy Jimmy Butler that we experienced for this offseason and then just kind of shut up and buckle down and play one really hard and see and see if Philly can do something in the next 2 years. Well, was, that would be that would be interesting, I think. Well, it, it's a good franchise to stick with. Right. You know what I mean? Like I would rather stick with these young guys right now. Jimmy Butler's 30 years old, dude. You know, and he has a lot to contribute. Yeah, but it was it was also kind of funny because Minnesota played a game without Jimmy the other night, and they all they all went off. Cat finally had twenty a huge and twenty. Game. Yeah, <laughs> like, he went for like twenty five and twenty. Jimmy's probably like, where the fuck was this at, bro? This is what I'm talking about, Kid right. Cat. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. I bet I bet Cat's probably the happiest man in Minnesota. Get this motherfucker out of here. Um. So enough about Philly, dude. We really got to talk about the big the big deal today and uh, this past week is. The reports came out in Houston that 
Mello's time with the team in Houston is coming to an end, which is crazy being fucking 13 games into the season. What a surprise. What a surprise, right? <laughs> Mello's not working out. We got to get somebody out of here. People are talking about Mello should retire. And I kind of want to talk about that too. So Daryl Morey is saying that they never said that. These report Woj dropped the ball. Sure. Uh, Daryl Morey is saying that, that nobody has said anything like that. They're saying Mello might not even come back to the team. Like, they play tonight. Is Mello playing tonight? They, they're playing Philly tonight, right? Is, uh, no, they're playing Denver. Denver tonight. Sorry. Denver. Um, is, is, is he going to be there? Like, what's going on? What is really going on in Houston? They, I think they've only won one game at home or they haven't won a game at home. Uh, well, so their record right now, uh, is five and seven, which mm-hmm. is an improvement from where it was last time we talked about it. They are one and four at home. So they only have at one at home. One so they're only winning home. on the road. Right. And, I think Mello has been the scapegoat of this, Drew. And okay. I just I I understand so Chris Boussard is the one that said, you know, Mello should retire, you uh-huh. know, give up on this, you know, don't let your legacy go down like this. Cuz his legacy's fucked up right now. What um, is his legacy? What is Mello's legacy? Uh, uh, he was one a of, really good scorer. One of, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Right. Kind of like George Gervin was a great scorer. The money's different, and I think the expectations. He's a great Mello. scorer that chose money over championships. I think is his current, like the current overview of his legacy. Okay, I, but great teammate. You know what I mean? Sure. I think there was super high expectations in New York. They had a great team in Denver, really good team with Kenyon and like all those guys. Yeah. He's never been a winner. Never been a winner. Yeah personal winner you know what i mean he's going to go to the hall of fame he's a great player yes but i'm just i just meant because everyone is throwing the term legacy around Uh for him and i think his legacy is kind of uh, that of like a charles barkley almost where charles was a very very talented player never really won anything i think mellows uh looked at more negatively because of the the contract extension that he signed in new york when there was clearly no ambition for them to go Anywhere, really, other than yeah. But is that management's fault too? Like, no, you gotta I, bring- I'm not. I'm not blaming. I'm not even saying that that's a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's what he chose to do. That free agent year where he re-signed with the Knicks when he could have gone anywhere, uh, and people kind of expected him to go somewhere to try and win a ring. Perhaps uh, he decided to stay and take the money, which is not a big deal because it's every player's right to to make that cash while they can. So, but I, I just wanted to speak to the legacy point that you brought up. Yeah, but if his legacy is going to go down as this guy of like, oh well, Atlanta signed, bought out by Atlanta, signs with with uh, Houston, he's bought, he's waived. You know what I mean? Right. First of all, Carmelo Anthony is getting thirty million dollars this year, mm-hmm. no matter what, whether he's playing or he's not playing. That's right. what he's getting. I find it. I think it's just pointing fingers in Houston right now because they're not good, dog. I mean, they're not good. They're not. They're defensively horrible. Yep. Okay. Maury, let Luke Mabute go. We knew that was going to be the case. We said this since day one. Ariza's gone. Mabute's gone. Yep. Chris Paul's getting older. Um, It is what it is. I just find this kind of – I'm going to give you some numbers really fast, dude. So they're saying Melo's the problem, right? Chris Paul's. He's shooting 38% from the field, 29% from three. 77 from the free throw line. For Chris Paul, that's horrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. James Harden, 41% field goals, 36 three-pointers, 76 uh, free throw line. Yeah. Not great. Right. Eric Gordon, shooting 33% from the field, 23% from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Mello, getting 30 minutes a game. He's shooting 40% from the field goal, 32% from threes. Playing 30 minutes a game. The problem isn't just Mello. Right. I think when you have four hundred million dollars dedicated to two players in Chris Paul and and and, and uh, James Harden and a hundred to Capella and a hundred to Capella, somebody's going to take the blame and it's going to be Mello. I firmly believe, and I hope you you agree with me on this, that I can name fifty players in the NBA that Carmelo Anthony is better than. I would. I think you mean more than fi- like. What do you mean? By At that? least fifty you, players. So like he's in the top fifty. Is that what you're trying to say? I'm saying that there. That there's no there's reason. 400, there's like 400 players. There's in the NBA. no reason Carmelo Anthony shouldn't be contributing on a, to, on a team. to a team. Sure. He belongs in the NBA. 100%. Yeah. Yes, he is older. Right. Yes, he is not the mellow of yesteryear. Gotcha. But he is definitely better than, can contribute to a lot of NBA teams. I believe that. Didn't work out in OKC. He had a really bad, that was his first like really bad year last year. Shooting wise, I don't think the chemistry was there. Now you come to a team where your boys are on the team and the chemistry is still not there. You're still not shooting good. 
Dominique Wilkins tweeted last night and he, and what he said was some real shit. He said, father time, don't wait for no man. We try to fight it, but you just can't fight it. The competitiveness kind of kicks in and keeps your mind thinking you can do that. You can do it at that level. Right. 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 Watching Carmelo in the, in the, in the runs this summer, killing, playing with Russell Westbrook, playing with fucking LeBron, playing with every Enos Cantor, all these guys, he was getting buckets. Mm Mm-hmm. Father Time is never defeated, dude. Right. And I think Mello, kind of like Allen Iverson, never wanted to accept that role. Vince Carter accepted the role mm-hmm. when he knew that I'm not I'm not the starter anymore. I can't really do what he I He transitioned, do. yeah. Transition. Yeah. These two dudes weren't able to do that. Mello is having a struggling time with the transition. I agree. Now, what you're saying is it's not all Carmelo's fault, but he is somewhat to blame, don't you think? I mean, because he's he is averaging close to thirty minutes a game. He's shooting okay, forty percent's okay, fourteen points. But a he game he, he can't play defense, right? So he is a if he's if he's not the entire problem, he's a part of the problem. Definitely part of the problem. Okay, all right. Definitely part of the, it's a team fucking game, right? right? But I just think it's easy to point your finger at Mello. Mm-hmm. The new, if, the new guy, the new know, guy. Yeah. You know, there, he there's this narrative about Mello that he's. If you ask any player in the NBA that's played with Melo, they'll tell you he's a great teammate. We love Carmelo Anthony. I just don't think Carmelo Anthony has accepted who Carmelo Anthony is sure. now. Yeah, he's got to look in the Eric mirror. Gordon should be the starter. Yep. You should be playing. We said this earlier. Yep. And I've I've been very sensitive with Melo because I, I really do feel that Melo – would I take Melo on the Clippers? Yeah, I'd love him coming off the bench. I was going to ask you that. Yes. But coming I, off the bench though, right? I would love him. Yes. Off the bench. Starting, no, it's not going to work. Right. Can Melo give me 15 minutes a night? And I think that's what every franchise is looking at with him right now. So one of the, you threw out some numbers of the other, you know, the other uh, stars right. uh, at Houston. And yeah, we, we're all aware that Houston's just off right now, kind of in a similar way that Boston is off. Right. And we, and it's hard to really understand why. Someone's got to be the scapegoat, as you're as you're saying, and and it's easy to make Melo the scapegoat in this in this scenario because he can't play defense, right? And then they're losing these games. Can James Harden play defense? No, okay, no, no, no. And but that's always like that's another thing that we always talk about James Harden right. doing, right? It's not like we're saying that James Harden is a defensive stopper, but one of the things that I saw that was posted is Melo has more missed shots than he has rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks combined really he has more missed shots than all of those combined what's that from that was from clutch points our boys over at clutch points shout out to clutch and uh dude i love their page they always great unbelievable stats and things like that frankie was good i pulled that off of there and that that is kind of mind-blowing yeah and 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 in a system where they want to shoot a lot it's not crazy to to say that you know he's shooting 40 percent, which is not great, but it's actually not terrible, and it's better than the three other guys that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But that right there is why I think it's easy to point the finger at Mello and say, look, this isn't working out. One thing that I wanted to mention is like, if he's not, if we acknowledge that he's part of the problem, then I think making a move for Houston shouldn't be like, it's clearly his fault. Once we get him out of here, everything will go back to normal. But it's also important for them to address, like, look, he's not doing what we hoped he would do, which is making us better. He's clearly not making them any better. They, right they have, they've gotten worse. Right. And so I think in, in this instance, it's okay to kind of say, all right, it's time for us to cut our losses. You don't like coming off the bench in this scenario. You're unhappy with your role. We're unhappy with how you're filling this role. Let's part ways and see if you can land in a better place. Let's see if we can get something for you that can help us also. It's like mutually beneficial for the Rockets and for Mello if he can land in a situation like Portland or like uh, New Orleans who were apparently monitoring Jimmy Butler this whole time. Mm -hmm. So those two places, I think specifically, could use him right now. And again, he would have to come off the bench. He would have to be willing to come off the bench. But those two need scoring in their second unit. The Lakers have been thrown around in this scenario. And I, you know, with his relationship with LeBron, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the Lakers or in Miami with with Wade uh, over there because those two guys immediately stood up to his defense. I don't know if I want him on the Lakers. I don't. Uh, I know that we need a shooter, but the whole narrative of Carmelo Anthony being a shooter is kind of falling to the wayside. Because he's not shooting. If, if he <laughs> was the shooter that we all remember or think that he is, 
he'd still be in Oklahoma City right now. I think it's I don't first of all, I don't think he's a shooter. I think he's a scorer. Right, but this is what everyone's saying, right? right? Like when he went to OKC, oh, Carmelo's a shooter. He right. can he can hit those shots. If he was a shooter, this wouldn't be the problem right. in Houston right now. Right. If he was hitting catch and shoot threes, he still would be in Oklahoma City. He would still be on this a Houston Rockets team. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly like you're saying, he's not the shooter that we all just Oh yeah, we remember Carmelo Anthony. He can hit shots. Yes, he can hit shots, but he's an ISO ball player. He likes the mid range. He's not a. He's never really been a knockdown no, catch he and likes shoot that jab three point step. shooter. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I think it's. I think it's appropriate for them to part ways at this point. Okay, but then what do you do as Melo as a man who definitely thinks he still has a lot to contribute? Definitely still wants to play basketball. We know this. Melo is a. Melo is a hooper. Melo. Melo loves basketball, dude, and I think he can contribute to a lot of teams. For him to walk away from the game, for people to say, and you're he's listening, dude. He's hearing. Yeah. He's hearing Chris Broussard. Uh, fucking, what's my guy's name? Uh, Stephen A. Smith and uh, Max, Max Kellerman. Kellerman, Kellerman yeah. said the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Maybe you should walk away from the game. And maybe he should. Maybe you should, but I don't see. I it, That would break my heart if, if Melo walks away like this. I, 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 to your point, what you said earlier, he definitely still belongs in the NBA. Yes. But I, he, it's only if he can make that self realization. The greatest quote that Leon Wood ever told me, and he tells me this all the freaking time, yeah. is you are who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to, if you're not willing to sacrifice and really, really come to the realization that you are not the 27 point a game player, you are like, you're an Olympic champion, dude. You're a fucking 12-time All-Star. Right. You're an icon, cultural icon for all of for all of us. Yeah. And I think we're seeing it with Dwayne Wade. We're seeing it with Carmelo Anthony. We're not seeing it with LeBron James for whatever reason. They're the same, pretty much the same age, all of them. Dwayne Wade's a little bit older. Yeah, LeBron's the youngest of the group. By not much, though. By I mean, months. Melo's a, yeah, by months. months. Right. Yeah. Um. So it is what it is, Melo. We, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't want to see him walk away right now, especially not even halfway through the season. Um, I would love if Houston would be the respectable organization and be like, "We'll help you get to a a team." Yeah, you know. Well, no, I think they they, they certainly want to get something from him. I don't think they want to waive him. They want it, and and to your point, they're being very cagey about this, which means I think Daryl Morey's on the phone right. uh, talking to whoever wants to answer the phone mm-hmm. about Mello. And I think those places that I mentioned, Portland Great and, choices, and New Orleans, Great choices. are something that, that he should, if he's willing to, should really take a look at because those are organizations that right now are in better standing than the, than the fucking Houston Rockets. Definitely. So, and, and again, I, I'm, I, really, I, I love Mello. I would hope that he doesn't end up on the Lakers because I think that'll just be another fucking uh, show to go on this circus ride that we're well, on. Well, you got Tyson, bro. You're going after all the OGs if you can get these guys for cheap. Yeah. Okay, can we get into the Lakers and Clippers? Because I cannot wait to talk about the Clippers. My first question to you is I want to talk about why y'all dropped confetti after you beat, uh, beat Atlanta by one, bro. Yeah, no, um, you know, it was a tough game. Atlanta's a pretty good goaltend. You know, it's, it's always a big win when you beat Atlanta. So they had, they, they queued for the confetti. Obviously, that's normal. Come on, man. What'd yeah, you think of that? I, uh, you know, what's funny is I, I watched that whole game and I didn't even realize that they dropped confetti. Can you believe that? I didn't even realize it. So that, that, that Atlanta game was the back end of a back to back for us. We beat. Uh, the the up and coming Sacramento Kings, right? We're, uh, we we stomped them, and by like twenty five, right? yeah, Something and like we that? and we yeah we whipped their ass, mm-hmm. and we played excellent defense. Uh, I for all the all the things that I said in the last podcast as to like why I wasn't necessarily thrilled with us signing T- Tyson Chandler when we have other clear needs on the team. Tyson Chandler is stepping up and doing exactly why we signed him, what we signed him to do. So I'm very happy with his performance so far. We killed the Kings, and then we had Atlanta on a back to back, and and it's like, dude, who's setting your schedule? By the way, we bro. didn't even show up for that fucking game, right. bro. To fast forward to the end of that game, where uh, honestly, Atlanta should have won this game. Yeah. We we played like shit all day. Yeah. LeBron James down one. The Lakers are down one. LeBron goes to the rack, gets the foul, <sighs> doing exactly what I hoped he would do, and then goes to the line and misses two free throws. Ugh. Two free throws. Yeah. And our boy Jeff Compton, Crompton, aka Crompton, <laughs> sent us a little tweet about LeBron's uh, free throws 
uh, in 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 clutch mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple. I, was it seasons or was no, it? It was games, games dude. over the last couple games. This yeah, year. sorry for free throws in this game, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna just take you through this because this is demonstrating exactly what. Uh, the issues that I've always had with LeBron. Here we go. In the first quarter, LeBron shoots 72% from the line. Uh, not right. good. All right. Uh, second quarter, 76, getting better. Third quarter is, is is a sweet spot. LeBron loves the third quarter free throw, 79%. Okay. Fourth quarter, 74. So clearly a drop for whatever reason from third to fourth quarter. In the last five minutes, we're talking clutch free throws now. Last five minutes, he shoots 58% from the line. Ugh. In the last minute, he shoots 44% from the line. And in the last 30 seconds of games, he's shooting 38%. This season. Okay, so he's had a couple bad games. <laughs> and it's outrageous. But here's the here's the the full epitome of LeBron James in Los Angeles. He misses those two free throws. We're still down by one. Kuzma gets the offensive board, throws up a prayer, and LeBron tip dunks that thing in to take the lead. Right. So I'm literally, he misses the free throws. I'm laughing because I can't, I don't want to scream and scare my neighbors. I'm laughing because LeBron misses two free throws yet again in clutch. Right. And then all of a sudden he hammers home the tip dunk and hangs on the rim for 10 seconds. And we end up winning the game by one because he did that. And because Tyson Chandler ended up blocking Trey Young's floater at and, the, at, at the buzzer. And people said it was a, it was a goaltend. Uh, it was not a goaltend. No, the two minute, I got the two minute report at the end. They, they all, it, it, it was on the way up. It was a good block. It was on the way up. It was a good block. It was, it was about a fraction of a second away from it. It shouldn't have come to that, but it is what it is. Yeah. I'm uh, glad that we got that win. That's, that's a big th- one. Those for are, you. those are important way wins to beat Atlanta Drew. for us. Yes. No, but on a back end of a back to back when we played like shit, everyone was not playing well. Uh, it that's a that's that's a game we've lost for the last five years. This is a sweet spot for the Lakers right now. You had tough games early. You had you know what I mean. The next like we had a very tough start to the start schedule. to the season. Yeah, we did the the next like those two plus the next like five. What's it? What's their next? What's the schedule? Uh, so yeah, the next one is we have the the Trailblazers tomorrow. Portland very tomorrow. Tough. That's a tough one. Yep. But then you go Magic Heat Cavs. And that's nice. Yeah. So this is a sweet that's a, spot. That's for a you little guys, road right? trip. Those are all road games. Right. So maybe maybe a little hit or miss. It's the Magic and then the Heat on the back end of a back to back. So we may lose that game to the Heat, but we sh- we should definitely beat the Magic and definitely the, I mean the Cavs. That should be an interesting game because LeBron's going back to Cleveland for the first time. Yeah, they will be their first sellout, bro, all year. Yeah. <laughs> They're on pace to be seven and seventy-five, guys. Yeah, unbelievable. That's but uh, I mean. First and foremost, the best team in Los Angeles is the Los Angeles Clippers, hands down. Hands down right now. You want to talk about back-to-back with your bullshit Sacramento and Atlanta, bro? How about taking Milwaukee to OT and winning, best team in the East? And then let's let's go to fucking Golden State, home game, OT, another dub. The Golden State Warrior meltdown, Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant fighting once again. I, I love this. Once take. again, I have a completely different take. I know you. Game. I know you have a different take, a different bro. And take. this is the so, hater take. So, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go Let ahead. Let me I, fucking shine. I, I, right I want now, you to bro. go. That's what I'm saying. I want you to go. This is the difference. So everybody, the the problem in Houston, you got a big three. You got three fucking alphas. The problem in Boston, you got three fucking alphas. The problem that might happen in Philly, three fucking alphas. The problem in Gold, which isn't a problem in Golden State. I said a possible problem. Excuse me. Sure. Three or four alphas. Clippers, who are flying so far under the radar, we're hitting fucking telephone wires. Yeah, man. That's how low we're yeah. flying. Yeah, you're below the flight deck. We are, and yeah. we like this. Yeah. The way we are playing basketball as a team is something fun to watch. And if you've watched a Clipper game yet, we are a fucking gritty, grindy-ass team. Doc is coaching his ass off. We got different fucking lineups every night. You look like the Memphis Grizzlies from seven years ago. That's that's the kind of feel. It's the grit and grind, like defensive okay. minded, uh, not big superstar kind of a team. I like I like that comparison. Yeah. Okay. And I know you Memphis, don't like the I know you don't like the Grizzlies. But. No, I I mean Memphis. What up, Memphis? You know I got a lot of love down there. Former former home of myself. That's right. But I'm just saying, defensively killing right now. We're, we don't give a fuck who's coming into our house or who we're playing. We are competing every game. We are not getting blown out. Mm-hmm. The fact that the the whole Milwaukee game, dude, was something. Lou Williams is amazing. I, I watched dude. that game too. That was a hell of a game. Lou Williams, I documented it on our story, dude. Just it's a hell like, of a game. It was a hell of a game. Yeah. Um, our rotations, our shooting, Tobias and Gallo, dude. I, again, if we stay fucking healthy, dude, we have scoring. 
We don't have anybody on our team that's trying to pat stats. We don't have anybody on our team that's trying to play for a contract. All we have is some some really good basketball players that are playing their fucking asses off. I thought I thought when we beat Golden State last night, shout out to you, Jeff Compton. Thank you for my fucking $10, first of all, because you didn't think it was going to happen. I honestly did. I didn't know Steph wasn't playing. I thought Draymond wasn't going to play either. <laughs> so there we go. First of all, there's the first caveat. Well, Steph Curry did not play in that game. Ste- Steph did not play, which is, I mean, it is what it is. You play who's in front of you. That's again. right. That's right. Um, and, and how many of these teams that are really good have you beaten without their uh, their starting point guard now? So that's you've beaten the Houston Rockets without Chris Paul. That's fine. You've beaten Oklahoma City now without Russell Westbrook. That's fine. And you've beaten Golden State Warriors now with, without Steph beat Curry. Beat Milwaukee. <laughs> beat Milwaukee with their whole team. We play who's in front of us. It ain't our fault. No, I'm just saying. You bro. still had Clay. You still. This is the thing with Golden State. There's, so what? There's two sides of this. Story. It is what it is, though, Drew. Uh-huh. You play who's in fucking front of you. Yes, you do. What? The the, the win doesn't count because Steph ain't playing. It fucking happens, dude. You got KD and Clay, and if you're gonna have a mental breakdown, which Draymond did, okay, I'm sorry. Kevin Durant should have got the ball. Yes, we're gonna get to that in one second. I thought the best part of the game was the fact that we go down three in overtime. We go down three in overtime and come back and win the fucking game. Sure. The vet, the veteran leadership of Lou Williams, of uh, Gallinari, of Patrick Beverly on the bench. And Beverly got lit up. Beverly did nothing. Beverly had five points. Tobias is showing me stuff every single game where I'm like, yo, this dude is here to play. This dude is one of the best players in the NBA. Not top 10, but I think he's on that on that next that uh, next yeah, tier. he's like in the 30s for me. He's in the, he's he's well, around between hater. 20 and 30, something like that. I think Tobias is good. Yeah, and that might be my my uh, my fanhood little, coming into yeah, it. A little Homer. Going that, on. Well, I am a Homer, dude. As, as you should be. I'm just and, and the fact. Check this out, though, dude. Avery Bradley's out. Luke's been out for five games. Our defense really isn't where like you put Avery Bradley and Luke in on the second unit. That's a lot of defense coming in. The fact that we're putting uh, faith in say hey Shay. Who's performing? He's coming through and performing. Started against the the Golden State Warriors. Had 18 points last night. A few moves that were like, dude, how long have you been in the NBA? And then also hell, playing really good defense too. Six foot five, seven three wingspan, and looks like he's been there before. Yeah, there is a huge difference between Markel Fultz and Say Hey Shea. Mm-hmm. Watching him and and every Jackie McMullen said it today. Tracy McGrady said it today. Just like, yo, this kid is the real deal. Yeah, and, and he plays within himself. He does, dude. Yeah, he does, and he just doesn't look shook at all. Right. And we can. And I'm going to say this just to to cover my ass a little bit. Yes, it's still early. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's definitely. still early, but the fact that we're winning these games. Yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to go two and four on this road trip. Portland beat us. Barely. Portland's a tough team. We've lost to them twice already. Yep. But uh I think I think the, and we have San Antonio uh Thursday. So that that's we're on uh the third game of the four that I'm concerned about. Yeah. So while the Lakers are doing back to backs with San, with uh Sacramento and Atlanta, we're doing back to backs with Milwaukee and Golden State and San Antonio. You had Portland. a day between Milwaukee and, and the Warriors. There was a day between I don't that. mean back it's- back to back like the, the, the next game. Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't mean that. Okay. Whatever. We had okay. a day rest. All Whatever. Right. So there's there's your homer take on the Clippers. Oh, yeah. What's your take? I'll give bro? you a little insight here. Hmm. The uh, the Clippers were up by what, fourteen? Thirteen. Going? Thirteen points. Okay. And and then the Warriors went on an eleven oh run. They did. And you had your standard Clipper meltdown. In the fourth quarter, right. you were one fraction of an inch from Clay Thompson burying a three, but he didn't. With ten seconds, but left he did losing the game, but he didn't. The referee. Now I let you talk, didn't I? Yes, I'm gonna. Yes, okay. So yeah. then let me talk then. Buddy. Mark, first of all, Mark Davis is refing this game, and he's my least favorite referee. He hates the fucking Los Angeles Clippers. Go ahead, Drew. He hates the Los Angeles Clippers, and yet he fouled out Kevin Durant on five of the five. Like there was about one foul that he actually actually Bullshit. committed, mm-hmm. and and specifically. In overtime, as you mentioned, you were down three because Clay was starting to go. Like it's like Clay didn't even realize the game started until the third quarter, and he just started to take off in the second Clay. half. And uh, so Clay going off, and he was the, essentially the one that that brought it into overtime. Uh, hit a big three to start the overtime, and then Kevin Durant fouls out on which I think you can agree was not a foul, correct? Foul. Total foul. Okay, there 1, it is. One thousand percent. That's foul. how you know we're getting the truth now here, people. Bullshit. He gets he gets fouled out on that, and then this is what happened. The momentum was with the Warriors at that point. Maybe more than half of the fans in oh, there's a lot of in the Staples were were gold. I was kind of surprised. Me, I mean, I'm I'm never surprised when Golden State fans show up out of you know in any arena, but I thought for sure there would be 
less of a there was <laughs> less, a lot there yeah less of them than there were there uh, mm-hmm. last night the worst coaching decision that i've seen steve kerr make in maybe months was he put in the rookie mckinney for kevin durant when he went out instead of sean livingston and essentially mckinney fouled lou williams three times yeah turned the ball over yeah. twice and didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Clay literally shoved him into Lou Williams as he was going down the line. And it, it turned out not to be good because Lou hit the and one. If he, I don't, and, and you know what's funny is they did a close up of Kerr and Mike Brown talking as they were trying to decide who would go in for Kevin Durant. And it's actually Mike Brown's fault who, who said we should probably go with Zoe. And Steve said, okay, here we go. Zoe's in there. And meanwhile, Sean Livingston, who's, who had a, pretty decent game yeah. super long knows what he's doing knows that when a screen a happens you should switch right all those things were sitting on the bench and then eventually once you guys had the game pretty much under wraps they brought in sean livingston so all that being said the clippers played really well until about the last three minutes of the game and then they did do something that that has escaped a lot of clipper teams in the past free throws is be able to oh is well sure that <laughs> free throws are one thing but but losing that momentum and then being able to to regain it like you said totally. and come back and win that game that was huge that's a great point drew yeah. and i'm glad you said that 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 makes that shows me yeah. that you that you watch clipper games I did. cuz in the past yeah no yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes that's yeah. what it is yeah and in the past we didn't know who the fuck to go to we didn't we didn't know is chris going to do this is blake going to do this i saw a little bit of that <clears throat> in in this game we too go, so we we used to go to jamal a lot right, right. like so in these clutch parts. lou williams is the guy now lou will is the guy and he's the only one that seems like he wants it in those moments I, I'm too not, i'm not so sure on that i think toby wants it i think they they i think they all have faith in, in Lou. In running the play for Lou. Sure. You know, it used to be a lot of one-on-one. Let's wait. Chris, shake him down, shake him down, shake him down. Lou is such a vet. Getting to the line is a huge thing, guys. Again, and we say this all the time on the podcast. As a Clipper fan my whole life, the free throws have evaded us our whole life. Yeah. Now we are a team that's shooting literally 85%. Gallo's missed three free throws this All this technical year. fouls. All technicals he's Which missed. is crazy. Crazy, That's right? weird. That's so Lou weird. Lou Williams is shooting 93%. Yeah. Shea can shoot 80. Boban shooting 80. Mm-hmm. You know, Mont- okay, dude. Back back up. Because who won the game for us is Montrez Harrell. Yep. Played his ass off. Trez, who's played his ass off all year. He's been the nucleus for yes, us. Yes. His energy, his enthusiasm, his nose for the ball and where it's going to be around the rim is is uncanny, dude. Yeah. And I think he is extremely underrated. His effort is his effort. His, effort his, is the right word. His effort is is nonstop. He's out there and there isn't one shot that you guys take where he's not fighting right. for position and jumping and swinging his arm at the ball. Yes. He's seven feet away. He's still trying to dive for it. Uh, and then on the on the on the defensive end, he's switching. He there was the sequence where Draymond thought he could post up Shea. Oh, no. uh, uh, people, if you saw the game, it was probably on Sports Center. Uh, Draymond tried to do a little simple baby hook over Shea. Shea with the long arm said no. Draymond got it back, tried it again. No, nope. Montrez said no. No. Um, those were those were unbelievable plays uh, that he made throughout the game. There was so many uh, of that variety, and and then getting to the line and and really, I mean, I would say. A lot of the fouls that were called on Durant and and name the rest of the Warriors were fouls on him right. because they were trying to body him. He got or, a lot of and ones, exactly. Bro. Yeah, and so. he finishes plays. And I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this statement right now. Uh oh. And I might it might piss off a lot of Clipper fans. What do we got now? Well, dude, DJ's one of my best, one of my favorite players yeah. of all time. I mm-hmm. think Montrezl Harrell is a better DeAndre Jordan, and not he may, may not be as as athletic, but uh, but I think his activity around the rim, he has already has a nice swooping hook. Mm-hmm. He can he can shoot a little bit. He can shoot fucking free throws. Yeah, his energy is right there for us. I think he's a perfect fit. I don't see why. I think Doc is going to start inserting him. I don't want him to be a starter right now. No, he's uh, the best coming off the bench. I totally agree. Yeah. Him and Lou together have a nice little thing. Yeah. Um, I like Shea starting at the point guard. Mm-hmm. Milos didn't get. And again, the coaching. We talked about this off air. Um, you know, Boban hasn't played in two games. Milos hasn't played in two games. Doc is picking and choosing when these guys should be playing. Boban should not be playing against Golden State Warriors. It was a, the correct move. Montrez played the most out of all your centers. And, totally. And that's exactly what it should be. Agreed. Uh, and he performed so well 
at that small ball five. Yeah. And that's where his bread and butter is. And there, you're going to, you're, you're hard pressed to find a better version of that out there right now. And I think the Warriors should look at Montrez Harrell for next well, it's year. It's funny because Jeff Compton, I got the text as soon as I got home. Yeah. Said, oh, Montrez is going to look great in the Golden State Warriors. I said, guess what, bro? You got fucking three years to wait for that. Yeah. First of all, because we locked him up. Yeah. I think it'll be different playing San Antonio. I think we're going to see Boban come in. It's a lot of bigger players. Absolutely. And Doc, this is where coaching comes in, people. You know what I mean? Like, this is just what's going to happen. I'd like to see Shea play a little more. Uh, and he played I, great. There's he no did. reason why he, why he shouldn't play more. I want to go back to something that we mentioned briefly there mm-hmm. is uh, at when it came to the end of regulation, I think it was, when, when uh, Draymond well, that's the biggest play of the game. dribbled the ball about. up, dribbled yeah. the ball up haphazardly, and it completely looked off Kevin Durant, who, him won, off. who wanted the ball, and then Draymond, he just literally dribbled into four clippers and then turned the ball over, and the, and the, and the Warriors didn't get a shot. And then, uh, as, as the media has covered now and Instagram and everything, they had a little, they had a couple words to say to each other on the bench. And Draymond Green, for all the good things that he does, he has these moments where whatever it is, we call it his pride or whatever. He refused to acknowledge that he made the wrong move in the moment there. This is not the first time this has happened. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's happened Continue. before. I think it happened last season, didn't it? With KD. Yeah. Same, same, KD. same exact instance. Right. And so essentially what happened was Kevin Durant, the best player on your team, especially without Steph Curry being on the floor, should absolutely have the ball in his hands with five seconds. 99 out of 100 people will say, who would you rather take the last shot? Kevin Durant from half court or Draymond Green? Literally any of the four, uh, three other players. Besides Draymond. Besides anyone but Draymond should have brought the ball up the floor that time. And, And obviously Kevin Durant would be the one that you hand it to. But... Uh, I think that play is is really interesting because I think in that moment, if Steph Curry's on the floor, without hesitation, Draymond just turns and fires it right, to Steph. Right. And so whatever, for, for whatever we always say that the Warriors are on, all really good together and, and they play. No, I, I don't want to say that they're that, that they should be panicking or that there's a rift in the no. in the, the Warriors locker room at all. But I think Steph completes that really nicely. His presence quiets a lot of the the stuff that that we saw happen last night. Uh, without him on the floor, Clay was shooting terribly. Uh, like I said, up until the second half. But Kevin, you'd still rather him take that shot. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Steph's presence makes everything go so much easier for the Warriors that they're never in this moment. You know, they're very rarely in the moment where Draymond gets the ball, they're down, they're tied or they're down, and they need to hustle up the floor. How many times have they actually had to do that? Yeah, but recently? isn't Draymond the playmaker on that team, though? He he may, he sets sure. up and, and contributes to a lot of plays. I think he shook off KD. He did. And I think... He saw KD was wide open. The fact that the Clippers weren't even up on KD. And kept, he was yelling for the ball. Calling for it, and screaming. Just, yeah, just, and so they get into an altercation on the bench. Mm-hmm. They have words exchanged, and I think that fucked up overtime for the, for the Warriors. I think it really did. Well, I, Kevin Durant fouling out fucked up overtime. That, that did. That was that, but, that was the game, essentially. But Boogie had to pull KD, or had to pull uh, uh, Dre, Dre yeah, away. Exactly. Um, and we all know how KD is. Yeah. Okay? Captain sensitive. Totally. Once again. Um, and he should have he should have shaken that off too. Kevin Durant should both of them shouldn't have had that. It's okay to have it. There's not a problem having shake this. it off. We're going to overtime. We've, yeah, we've talked about this. Right. Teammates, you know, you're around each other for so long. Shit like this happen, happens. You just gotta you gotta say fuck that. We have to move forward. And it seems like that still lingers. They can't let that shit go between both of them. I don't lingered. think Draymond or KD has that gene in their body to let shit go. I think we they know can. that we, Kevin. We, we know, that know Kevin. Kevin doesn't have that, yeah. right? Yeah, but and, then yeah. It, it goes over into the locker room. KD bounces early immediately. Uh, the bitch word was thrown. Draymond was throwing "you're a bitch" or excuse me, KD was throwing "you're a bitch" a lot. Oh, to Dray. Did you hear this? I did not hear. Oh this. no, this is Draymond is suspended tonight. Draymond is not playing tonight for the Golden State Warriors. The team suspended him. Yes. Oh, he is suspended to cool off. They got in a huge heated argument. Did you not hear this, Drew? I saw. I what this I this is what all I, new. All I heard was the, that he had stormed out. I knew after the game, Kevin didn't speak to any reporters. I knew that he went to the locker room, got dressed immediately, and then left. And and people were trying to ask him about the game or anything, and he didn't want to say he didn't want to say anything to anybody. He just left the locker room. So the Warriors suspended Draymond Green for one game after quote cutting too deep. During his fight with Durant and repeatedly calling him a bitch. So it was Draymond calling KD a bitch. Now, these little things to me, and we have talked about this, Drew. 
we had just mentioned that there's not, you know, there's not any problems in Golden State. These are signs, dude. Yeah. You cannot be calling your superstar, your NBA, your finals MVP a bitch repeatedly in front of people. Right. And we have discussed this too, dude. There's a few words that you we can call each other and whatnot, but once you throw out this word, you know, it's an issue to yeah. your teammate, to your brother. There's no bitch in this locker room. And that's why KD had to remove himself. Draymond is suspended. KD was the bigger guy, it sounds like, in this scenario. Or I th- I think Boogie was the dude that was in on all this. Trying yeah. to, I think, uh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the entire locker room was trying to get, uh, you know, Draymond to shut up, which mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like anyone can do it. When Draymond goes on these rants, it sounds like nobody can do it. He just has to, he has to like tire himself out, scream himself out, and then he just winds him, winds down slowly. I, I uh, think there's problems in Golden State. Well, so yeah. this is interesting because, yeah, this is news to me. Okay. I didn't hear that, that Draymond was suspended and I didn't hear that report. I don't know how I missed it, but mm-hmm. I just didn't. This should be a little scary then yeah. for, for Warrior fans, not in the sense that, that they won't just, you know, move forward from this because they clearly will. I mean, even if they don't like each other, it's not a big deal. They're going to, they want to win a ring. They're, they're gonna... They know what they're after this right? year. Uh, but in terms of like when Kevin Durant's a fucking free agent at, at the end of this year, uh, that's, that's going to increase speculation on where he's going to end up. And it's again talking about exactly what we said 10 minutes ago, bro. It's about having a lot of these alpha dudes in the locker room, man. You have a lot of winners. Draymond's a champ, a vet, you know, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Kevin Durant is the fucking second best player in, in the NBA. Yeah. Steph is a, arguably the second best player in the NBA. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you have all these personalities in the locker room and this goes towards, you know, fucking it is still early. And if we're having these issues this early, if Draymond Green, your defensive, your backbone of your squad yeah. is calling your your superstar a bitch repeatedly in the locker room in front of people. It's this is good. an issue. And then we're going to bring in Boogie in February. You know what I mean? If Boogie isn't getting his looks yeah. or shit isn't flying right with him. I can I, only imagine what, what the confrontation would have been like if if you replace Kevin Durant with with DeMarcus. If Draymond's calling Boogie a bitch? That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's security, bro. That's, that's yeah, you got to bring the cops in or something security. like that. Security. Because that's a whole nother, that's another, it's another guy there. Um, <laughs> One thing I, that I just it just came to mind as I mentioned Kevin Durant's free agency, Draymond Green's coming up for free agency, <laughs> and guess who the Warriors have a lot of miniature Draymond Greens? They have Kevon Looney, Looney right? Jordan Bell, uh, Damian Jones, uh, and then they're they're going to want to pay this guy Draymond Green one hundred fifty million, sorry, one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars, sorry, because and and he's out here calling your best player a bitch. And and turning the ball over in crucial situations. Hey, Warriors fans can say whatever they want to me right now. I think Draymond's gone. You can't pay Draymond $150 million. Yeah. He's gonna want to get that bread. And yeah. I don't blame you, Draymond. He's gonna have to go somewhere else. Get your bread. If you're if you're looking at and, and this is this goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it. If you're looking at Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, who do I have to keep between those three? Yeah. Uh Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, please. Anybody that says Draymond, you're a fucking idiot. Bye bye. Sorry. They're grooming kids to literally take yes. his place. Thank you. They're they're grooming Jordan Bell to be Draymond Green. Right. Uh and but just like wire his mouth shut. That's maybe that's what he needs to do. But um yeah, so I guess all in all. Uh-huh. Warriors lost a tight game to the Clippers. To the Clippers, baby, eight motherfucking five, fourth in the West right now, yo. And and they they lost in overtime uh, without their arguably oh, their, arguably their best player go. right now. So they, all yeah. things considered, right. they shouldn't be fucking panicking at all. No, there's no panic, right. Drew. There's no panic, but right. we got to talk about the writing on the wall. Yeah, this it's early in the season, and this 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 kind of thing can really fuck up a lot of chemistry, dude. So it's time for Steph to come back and kind of just like bring everything back. Bro. Yeah. Or we've heard in the past that Draymond's big on talking shit out. Like yeah. they, they, he is big on that. Yeah. And, and hopefully and Kev, Kevin Durant likes wine. So does Draymond, like, if Draymond brings him a bottle of wine, they can chop it up. Be receptive and yeah. just be like, all right, dude. I just think the bitch word was like, if, if Draymond would have been like, yo, you played, you're playing yourself or something like that. Anything other, other than that. Other than bitch. Yeah. But uh, Drew, I don't think you're a bitch. I don't think you're a bitch. I don't. Either. I don't, bro. And I think episode fifty-two was lit yeah, as usual. Eric Motherfucking Pietkowski, bro, the Polish rifle number five, Deuce Drew. I'm gonna take him out with something crazy today. What you got? I don't even know this motherfucker. Uh oh. Never heard of this cat in my life. Little Dirk. You heard of this dude? I have. Yeah, actually, I have. Kevin Gates. I just hear Kevin Gates 
hollered, uh, uh, you know, shouted him out. I'm like, I'm gonna peep this dude's album. Yeah. Neighborhood Hero. Okay. This is my slapper this week. Nice. We're gonna take him out with it, all right? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players podcast, <laughs> and we're ghosts. Later. I know a bitch you do whatever for some Valentinos. I'm with the killers, going to BET inside of Vino. Man, my city was going crazy with the priest of Chino. And free that nigga, Meech, cause he the hood hero. Don't gotta pull no point, nigga. We know. And wherever that drama at, we go. We the neighborhood hero. We the neighborhood hero. That street shit, we don't apply the niggas with that tweet shit. Beef shit. Niggas said, fuck me, he ain't mean that sweet shit. Told him, call the body, they gon' be there. Defense. Talk to his face, he won't eat it. Stay me once and I'ma fall back Niggas say my brother but he snake me What you call that? I cheated on my BM three times with my dog ass She gave her number I deleted Cause they all rap Shyrac What a police don't call back up Last nigga play with Dirk Yo He in the backwoods Chicago niggas play with P&B But ain't no matchup You know me like you know me where I'm from I'm not a rapper Burglar, scammer, murderer I'm handsome When I'm off with drugs I swear I'll steady through a tantrum Angelo told me once before he want a phantom I can't say no cause that's my son I got an answer I know a bitch you do whatever for some Valentino With the killers going to BET inside of Vino Man, my city was going crazy at the priest of Chino And free that nigga Meech cause he the hood hero Don't gotta prove no point, nigga, we know And wherever that drama at, we go We the neighborhood hero We the neighborhood